The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Good morning, Refuge Church. Wow, the speaker does work here. Good morning. Hopefully you've got all of your uh, lunch arrangements uh, made uh, uh, going out and uh, having a good day and a, a nice day like this. For those of you that were expecting Ibrahim to preach, he usually preaches on the second Sunday, um, Ibrahim is out visiting family, so he asked me to, to cover for him, and so I'm doing that today. Thank you, Daniel. Um, and for those of you that may not know me, my name is Bob Schaefer. I'm one of the elders, and uh, so it's the first time I get to preach at the refuge. So. Uh, and it's been a fun morning. None, none of the technology works, so um, it's got to go uphill from there, right? And that'll tie into a comment that my wife made earlier you'll, you'll appreciate in a second when we get into the sermon. Um, let me start off with a, a prayer confession, okay? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you forgive us for the many times that we failed you, when we've let the world distract us from your light in our lives when we have put other things before you in priorities, when we failed to be our light, or your light in this dark world, a world that has not seen you in our eyes, our lives. We find it easier to say nothing instead of confronting the dark. When we have not spent time each day getting to know you more, when we've considered what pleases us and not what pleases you. Lord, we pour out our hearts to you and ask for forgiveness. Take a couple of minutes to raise your own confession to the Lord. The good news to share is that our God is always faithful with his promises and true to his word. We have confessed our sins and God has forgiven us because his son, Jesus Christ, died for our sins. So we can be assured of our forgiveness. As we move into the sermon, the last nine weeks, we've been working through the book of Ephesians um, with a series entitled, Be Different. And each Sunday we've had a different Different, different, different. Every Sunday is uh, being different in a different way. And um, I'd like to just go back and sort of uh, start with um, Daniel's, um, or I'll, go, I'll go back quick because I'm a second, but first the intro, the intro that we do for the service, um, for the sermon every time. God is calling us to be a different kind of people, a holy people. Holiness is a quality that uniquely belongs to God. Being a different people means our primary identity is part of God's holy family. In the book of Ephesians, Paul gives us instructions on how to live lives as holy people in a world that doesn't often like our kind of different. So true that is. 
When uh, the title for the sermon today uh, is Be Wise, or Walking Wisely. And as we look at the text, we'll see that comes, uh, at first it doesn't maybe even look like that, because it comes out at the end. But if we take the whole text together, I think we'll find some very interesting things that God directs us in being wise. Um, I'd like to share uh, a comment that my wife made when she heard that I was going to sub from Ibrahim and the topic was wisdom. And you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this one. Uh, as most of you know, um, I, I, I was scheduled today to do the slides and set up, and Aaron's here helping and, and others. And, but, you know, being the overachiever I normally am, I figured, well, I could do the slides before the sermon, and I could do the slides after the sermon. But I needed somebody to cover during the sermon, because it's kind of hard to be in two places. And so my wife's uh, very wisdom uh, comment that, that came out and said, it would definitely not be wise to leave her in charge of the slides. And today, with all the technology issues we have, she's sitting back there shaking her head going, absolutely. So God's provided other ways, and so she didn't have to do that today. But um, anyway, uh, wisdom. As we look at wisdom, uh, the world has one definition of wisdom, and God has another definition of wisdom. If you look at, from a worldly point of view, if you go Google it, um, there's all kinds of qualities of wise people. But most of the time, those come out to be not necessarily wise, but intelligent people. So the world doesn't seem to distinguish much between wisdom and intelligence. And some of those characteristics, they're not bad. Um, intellectual knowledge, factual knowledge, superior judgment, um, not making my wife do the, uh, the, the slides was with judgment, um, excellent in solving uh, problem solving skills, the ability to learn from experience and on. There's, there's lists of those. Um, so that's, that's sort of the world's view of um, wisdom. And if you look in the Bible, uh, we all should know this. Who does the Bible say was the wisest man that ever lived? Solomon, right? Solomon, God gave him a, uh, an overabundance flowing of his wisdom. But how did Solomon turn out? Well, he, he also lived a very foolish life, making very poor decisions. And so even though we might have wisdom, how do we walk in wisdom? And I think following Solomon may not be necessarily the best answer. So how do we do that? And that's what hopefully we'll cover today in, in Ephesians. Um, so, uh, Daniel, uh, last week, sort of ended up uh, with a, with a uh, description being new. And so he went through and looked at the Gentiles, their old, new, their old life, and then the new life in Christ. And he ended up with two verses that are actually the beginning of chapter 5, which are going to be contrasted very quickly as we move into chapter three, uh, verse 3. So let me read those last two verses that he shared with us. He was talking about walking in the imitation of God's love. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice. So, so, so Daniel left us um, at, with um, offering a fragrant sacrifice to God, walking in, in his, his um, uh, love. Uh, we're going to see very quickly now as we get into uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 3. Um, Paul's going to go back and take a look at what the um, uh, Ephesians were like before they came to Christ. So we're going to get a contrast of darkness and light in here. So I'm just going to read through the verses quickly, and then we'll go back and dig into them in detail. Starting at verse 3. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. 
For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light. Live as children of the light. And then a parenthetical, for the, the fruit of the light consists of three things listed here, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as, wise, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see we're starting off with you know, some interesting um, descriptions of that darkness. The, um, the big question uh, for the sermon today is, how do we learn to walk wisely? Solomon didn't do that too well. Um, so how do we today walk, learn how to walk wisely? I'm going to hit these first um, dark um, verses fairly quickly and not go into a whole lot of detail there. Um, but there's some pretty strong words. It uh, starts off with but. We're, we're contrasting where Daniel left us last Sunday. You know, but, the darkness. Okay, so we're contrasting the, the fragrance, that fragrant offering that, that we are to give to God and with this list of very not, very not good things. Um, and it should not even be a hint. I mean, it should not even be associated with us. And it's not too far-fetched to, if we contrast the, the fragrance of, of walking in the light with Christ and the uh, immorality and impurity and greed here, to really be more like a stench in God's nostrils instead of that, that, that fragrance. And so, really, Paul is really trying to drive this home uh, as to what the uh, Ephesians were like before and um, uh, going through here. So these first three, um, sexual immorality, uh, all kinds of impurity and greed, are really categorized as um, idols. Um, we'll see that in verse five, idols of darkness. Um, then, then Paul moves in verse four to the things that we say, our, our speech. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So what's coming out of our mouths? Are we, are we edifying people? Are we helping them? Um, are, are maybe the words are just worthless. There's a sermon that I remember to one time where the pastor talked about words that are just worthless. They're not bad, but are they of any value? Okay? And I think we can take words, you know, we can say, well, I don't, I don't swear or, or, or I don't coarsely joke, but maybe even those wasted words, something to think about. So, so we look at that speech um, of, of the darkness and, and Paul says, instead of that, Thanksgiving. And we're gonna come back and hit Thanksgiving at the end of the sermon. So I'm not gonna elaborate on that right now, but replace those with Thanksgiving, uh, giving thanks to God and give him um, glory. So five is really, really where it uh, hits pretty hard. 
he goes back, Paul goes back and says, for this case, be sure, know with certainty, without a doubt, that no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Pretty strong words, you know? Um, uh, immoral, impure, greed, all idols that we, that, that we have put before God, the things that, that bring us pleasure, or the things that we want, or that the world says are important. Uh, the, world, the world tells us all things that are important that really aren't that important. So, uh, certainty, this is true. <coughs> Excuse me, this is true. So, what can we be certain? That idolaters have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. So you might ask, well, I've done some wrong things. You know, I've, I've had impure thoughts. At times I've been greedy. Um, does that include me? You know, Paul is talking about here a life uh, of, of immorality, a life of, of greed. One for a person who has not accepted Christ and, and uh, uh, working on a new life. And so there, there, I just want to clarify that because it's not, um, it's, for those who, who haven't changed, who have who've not moved from the darkness, um, there's not, not a lot of hope there for them. In verse 6, it continues with yet another warning about the influence that darkness can have on us. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath has come unto those who are disobedient. Another translation, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse sins, for the terrible anger of God comes on those who disobey him. So Paul, uh, again, um, watch out. And if we look at God's wrath in, um, in uh, Hebrews, it's talking about a consuming fire. So I really don't want to be on that side of God's wrath. So again, really some strong words uh, warning the Ephesians and us about the influence of the darkness that's around us. So as we see those people, verse 7 continues with the sins, therefore do not be partners with them. Uh, or partakers is another way to translate that. Um, so what this is, this is true, so therefore don't be there. Don't spend time. Don't spend time in a relationship. Don't um, uh, share, share things uh, in that same uh, situation with them. So Paul has clearly stated and, and painted a picture of darkness and the disgust that it is to God and the severe consequences and the influ influence that that darkness can have on us. Now verse 8. We're going to pivot from the, from the darkness that we have here to the light. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. It doesn't say that you lived in darkness. It says you were darkness. You were the essence of darkness. And now, it's not saying that we live in light, even though we do. It says we are light. So we are those lights, the light that God, the Christ has put in our lives. We are that light. So Paul is saying, don't go back to the old ways um, where, the, where you were darkness. You are light now. Um, live that way as children of the light or walk as children of the light. So the, the, the former is gone and the, uh, the new life is here before us. So Paul was really trying to hit hard the, the, what, what he expected to see in their lives. And then a parenthetical on this light. It says, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. There are other places in the Bible where we, the list of, of uh, fruits of the, of the Spirit, fruits of light are longer. But this one has three somewhat simple, but yet uh, pretty um, comprehensive um, thoughts. The first one is goodness. Goodness is, 
me not thinking about myself, but me thinking about Nate first, or, or Daniel. Um, t taking that focus, that greed, that, that, that um, um, coveting, whatever those are that, that please me, but, but turning that to um, others. And um, so that could take lots of forms. But again, the, the point there is looking at the benefits for others, um, whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical, and, and before myself. Righteousness, pretty straightforward. Um, it's a moral concept. God is righteousness. He's the definition of all righteousness. And um, that's, uh, that's the light that he wants us to, to, to live in. And then finally, truth. Um, we see in the darkness um, things that are hidden. Um, a lot of times they're secret. Um, truth comes out and um, uh, re reveals those secrets so that they are no longer secret and the, and the light that's out there. And Jesus actually, uh, Scripture talks about Christ being um, truth. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the truth, a very important part of the, um, the fruits of the light. Now, for the first, uh, next verse is the, one of the first points I wanted to sort of, um, that, that struck me as I was looking at this, um, walking in wisdom. And because it's something that I probably don't do, well, I know I don't do as much as I should do. And that is, find out what pleases the Lord, or try to discern what pleases the Lord. Do you wake up in the morning and go, hmm, what can I do to please God today? That's really the message of what it's looking at. And being honest with you, I don't do that every day. So it's something I need to look at and, and work on. Because that's where God is calling us to be. If we want to be um, walking wisdom, you know, I can't see Solomon, you know, with, with all of the issues that he had, walking up, or waking up in the morning and saying, how can I please God today? You know, it's much easier to say, what do I need to get done? Uh, what's on my list to do? Um, instead of taking time to figure out what pleases God. So really, walking daily, trying to figure out what pleases God. He continues on with some more contrasts in verse 11. Having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of the darkness, but rather expose them. If we look at the word expose them, you may think, well, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell on uh, um, Daniel, you know, something, something that's wrong. It's not just to say, hey, something's wrong. But the idea is reproving in there. There's hopefully turning to the light. You know, in other words, we're going to expose the things that are wrong so, that, so people can be aware and, and actually see the goodness of God. So the concept is not just, Nate, you're just a horrible, wretched person, and that's the way life is. But Nate, you know, do you realize this and what God can do for you kind, kind of thing. That's, that's what's tied up in this exposed. So that's the second item that I put on the list um, for walking wisely. Uh, expose the darkness. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time doing that. You know, I, I mean, it, it's very hard for me to walk up and, and point out other people's issues. Um, without feeling like I'm being critical um, or being misunderstood. So I'm not saying this is easy, but it comes out to be pretty important as we are battling the, the darkness that's around us. And then it goes on, uh, talks about even be, it's shameful to even mention those things that the disobedient do. That's pretty clear. Um, we don't need to, to dig into that, but, but again, it is. It's disgraceful, and we do not need to, to deal with those things. Uh, again, a lot of them kept in secret, so let's bring them out into the light. And that's where verse 13 comes in. It says, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Okay? That part's pretty easy to understand. Okay? We shine light on something, and we can see the darkness. We can see the secrets. But then the next part is a little bit more challenging. And then everything that is illuminated becomes light. 
that's even stronger as we look at that. And I think the concept here, again, is the, um, the change, you know, moving from darkness to, to the light of Christ, um, but becoming light. And then, then a really, <laughs> a verse that applies for, for, for anybody, Paul comes in here, I'm a, um, awake, O sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's sort of quoted as a, you know, maybe an Old Testament quote. Uh, the closest I could find was in Hebrews. Then it, it's, it's not exactly the same, but very close from an essence point of view. But, but let's take a look at those words. Awake from being asleep. Now, we could be someone who's never believed in Christ. We could be living in darkness. Or maybe we're a Christian that's sort of cruising and not um, really taking time to grow. Just uh, life is okay and, and we're going. So either way, wake up. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's where light comes from. The light is coming from Christ. Um, and that's where the light that we now become. So finally we get down to the wise verses. Says, Look carefully then how you walk. Paul's talked about the darkness, walking in the darkness, and walking in the light. So he's saying, be careful. And we've already picked up um, uh, two things, discerning what pleases God and exposing the darkness. Two things uh, from that contrast says, but uh, don't walk as unwise, but as wise. So again, a conclusion, after he's covered all this, um, both sides of the, the light and the dark, now choose to walk wisely. And so the next point that he makes was another one that I had highlighted in verse 16, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Um, that's another one that sounds pretty easy to do, um, but I think sometimes it isn't. Um, we get busy and, and along with our life, and um, we're not making the best use of our time. And the reason why Paul's emphasizing this is he's saying that the days are evil. Look around us. I mean, would you say that this is a, a, a um, uh, the most of the people you run into on the street are, are glorifying God and uh, a positive influence on you? Probably not. Here, hopefully, yes. But again, so. Uh, third point, make, making the best use of our time because uh, the days are evil. And then the fourth one, therefore, again, do not be foolish. You contrast that. But understand the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord, we sort of look at that two ways. One, the general will of the Lord. And we can read God's word and we can see what, what the intent is. And, um, and, and that, that's fairly clear. But when it comes to us, how do we know what God's will is for me? Bob Schaefer. What's it, what is it, what is it, what is it, what does he want me to do? Um, I haven't found my name in the Bible, um, so I can't sort of go there and say, you know, here's, here's my specific directions. But they are there. Um, the, the, the general, ones, general uh, principles apply. Um, spend time in prayer, spend time talk, uh, talking with fellow, fellow brothers and sisters in the Christ. And um, we can find out what the, that will of God is for us. And finally, uh, so the last sort of um, point, do not get drunk with wine, for it is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't live a wasted life. Sort of the subtitle I put on that. I mean, we, we can sit there, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether choose your favorite thing that, that's going to just uh, lead us down the, the road. And, but be filled with the Spirit. And, and looking at some of the, um, um, the details in the verse, it's really, you know, drugs and alcohol control us, right? Uh, you know, they take sort of our, our control away. And so instead of letting those take us away, let the Spirit of God control us. Let Him do that. Let that be the 180 degree uh, turnaround. And uh, just to be intoxicated with God and the Holy Spirit. And just um, uh, 
Uh, you run across a few of those people. Um, some of them are sitting here today that are just bubbling over with, you know, every time you talk to them about God and uh, what God's doing in their lives. So, uh, in summary then, if, if we're going to be spirit-filled, um, Paul gives us um, a couple of descriptions down here. Uh, sort of three different categories. Um, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now I was, I was trying to figure out what the difference between a psalm and a hymn and a spiritual song is. Um, so, in my, in my research, a psalm, a psalm is a, a story of God's, a man's deliverance or God's uh, commemoration of God's mercies, like psalms that David wrote. A hymn is more of a magnificat, a declaration of how great our God is, and many of the hymns that we sing are like that. And spiritual songs, anything belonging to you know, the, the, our spiritual walk with the Lord. So that's to be shared with one another. And then the second sort of phase says, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. So now it's my heart pouring out to God, thanking God for who he is and what he's done in my life. So I thank you, we sing together, I thank my God. And then finally, we're going back to thanks. Give thanks always for all things to God. With that thankful heart and a thankful spirit, um, um, that's where God wants us to be. Now, is this easy? On our own, it's pretty difficult to do all this. But we have the Holy Spirit and Christ living in our lives. And that, with that, it is possible to, to live and to grow into these um, characteristics that are there. So if we just go back quickly and, and summarize. The big question was, how do we learn to walk wisely? I think the answer is, walking with wisdom is a spirit-filled life. So we need uh, a spiritual life where the Holy Spirit has just permeated us and, um, and everything that we think about and do. And there's, there's uh, points in there to take a look at. Um, discerning what pleases God, uh, expose the darkness, make the best use of our time, and understanding what the will of the Lord is in our life. So, taking Paul's verse, Awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And then we'll spend our time sharing melodies in our heart to God and with each other. But again, it's not our power. It's only by the power of God and our lives. So with that, I would like to... Do we have communion today? We do. Okay. Um, I would like to introduce communion. And... Um, um, uh, uh, scripture for, from, uh, to sort of set the stage for that. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. If you receive Jesus as your Savior, you're welcome to join us in celebrating the Lord's Supper. If you have questions, uh, do we have somebody pray? Probably not prayer corner this morning. Um, but join us for communion, and we have some more songs at the end. <laughs>